You are now tuned in to another episode of Bourbon and Books, the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. Welcome to Bourbon and Books on another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ, along with our dear brother, cousin Jeff. And we are back one more again for our Bourbon and Books discussion on our Book of the Month, Uphill, a memoir by Mrs. Jamel Hill. Um, For those of you that uh, are a follower of the show, and especially a follower of Bourbon and Books, um, we generally try to uh, stick with authors that kind of fall in our line of uh, our, our line of, of, of mantra and uh, interest. You know what I'm saying? So if it's and music, ethnicity. and ethnicity, that's that's very important. Yeah. Ethnicity is very important. But you know, whether it's music, if it's sports, if it's uh, culture, um, and especially if uh, the the author has a significant amount of melanin, then you know we generally like to give them a shout. Now. Um, full disclosure, I am uh, a sports fan. Um, I know of Jamel Hill. I've watched Jamel Hill. I'm a fan of some of her work um, at ESPN and then now uh, now on her own podcast and also uh, through the uh, Atlantic. Um, but I think it was interesting to learn more about Jamel and her upbringing and really what got her to where she is right now. Um, I don't know, fellas. I I I enjoyed the read, but I, it was. I'm surprised we picked this book in the first place. Okay, hold on. So be- before we go there, let's do cover first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover, very simplistic photo of Jamel. Um, her name at the top, uphill, a play off of her last name. Initial thoughts of when you saw the cover. I mean, when I saw uphill, I I automatically assumed it was gonna be it was gonna be the struggle game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we've read we've read a couple of I think damn we probably like we got to be at least five memoirs in the game right now. You know, About. based on like all of the books that we've read up mm-hmm. until this point. And I'm just looking at hell between the Westmore book, the John Thompson book, Jamel Hill. We read it. Uh, Rick Ross wasn't the Rick Ross book we read wasn't much of a memoir, but mm-hmm. Will was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I kind of expected, like, all right, we're gonna get we're gonna get some some information that maybe we didn't know as a common fan of her work on ESPN and through some of our other platforms that maybe we didn't know. Um, so the the title alone kind of gave me like something to expect, or at okay. least something to anticipate. Cousin Jeff. Yeah, I mean, when people use the term uphill, that's never, I want to say like, it's never like a, it's not a bad thing, but it's it's, it's struggle in there. I'm driving the car uphill. Yeah. I'm running uphill. You may say I'm going somewhere, but if you say I'm going uphill, probably that journey is probably a little bit rough. Um, to what you said before, it was a nice play on the word. Um, in terms of her last name, it's a memoir. So we knew this would be about her life. Obviously, she's still young, so she has a lot of life to live. But something talking a bit more probably about her. I'll also say this, um, you know, after kind of like reading the, the book a little bit, what I find interesting about this cover is 
I think Jamel, like she's never really been into like looks. You know, she talks about how she she only owned like a few dresses. Like, you know, she didn't start wearing makeup, I think, until she was probably uh, at her fourth like job. What did she uh, say? She's unapologetically a tomboy. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of, you can to this day, you can kind of um, tell that. But I think it's interesting that it's a memoir, but her face is on the cover. It, to me, it just shows growth in terms of she has settled into her own and she has accepted like who she is as a woman. And I don't think she's looking at, she's not looking for the acceptance of, you know, society, whether that's black, white, or other. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I knew that, I think she she mentioned something like that on the interview once before. Like, she said this girly thing isn't isn't for her. And so when I saw the picture, I was like, okay. She uh, cleans up well. Yeah. And so yeah. I said, uphill... I associated the picture was was at the top of the hill after the uphill journey, mm-hmm. like after the struggles and everything that she endured. Like this is this is what the top of the hill looks like. Um, so when you opened it up, or when you hit play, depending on which version you had, um, what was your take? I miss her nasally voice. Like on some of the programming that I watch her on on ESPN, you know she's not there. And I I've, I've tried to get into her podcast, but I I, I watch it when she has certain guests on. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some of her uh, her press run leading up because she dropped the book I think end of October um, of this year. So you know what, a little more than a month ago. Um, but I got the uh, Audible version, and um, to hear her reading and just hearing that nasally voice, I'm just like. That's that's one of the things that kind of made me a fan because she had like this nasally voice, and then we will be chopping chopping cats' heads off <laughs> and <Thanks>. debate. <laughs> and so um, I, I could appreciate the, the the tone and the cadence and the pace and a lot of the Detroit slang. You know, she grew up in Detroit, and so um, I could appreciate that from the standpoint of uh, her oratory ability. But for me. Um, the one thing I thought about, man, when I started reading was like, damn, yo, life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough, man. Yeah. Like that yeah. was like the that was like the reoccurring thing through through every chapter that I read because I'm just like, yo, she's obviously talented. Let's yeah. let's just call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? She's obviously talented. She obviously has to endure um a lot being in the sports coming coming into her career as a sports journalist from a black female perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's an uphill battle in itself. Sports, you're a woman. Oh, and you're a black woman at that. And so, um, you know, some of the stories that she told in the book, like uh, one, one particular story around Pam Oliver. And I don't know for those listeners that are not aware, but Pam Oliver, damn, she's been, she been covering NFL sideline reporting for 30 years. Fam, you graduate. Yeah, uh-huh. Fam, you yeah, fam, you graduate. And she legit was kind of like the standard. And then all of a sudden, one day on the sidelines, you don't even see Pam Oliver no more. Cause she was older. Oh, and she was a woman. Oh, and she was black. And to kind of see 
to kind of see that real time without knowing all of the inside the inside precedent of it all mm -hmm. but to see it as a viewer as a nfl air quote fan and to see like a sister that you just accustomed to seeing doing her thing every sunday to be gone because she got old like jamel told that story in the book from her own lens and for some reason it it, it made me appreciate her attempt at the memoir because like you said earlier jeff i personally think she, she was kind of i think the the memoir is a little too soon and and this is why i say i think the memoir is a little too soon because she and i we aren't necessarily peers but she's only like five years older than me mm -hmm. and it's crazy because in the book the one thing i kind of noticed was like the shift of how the consumer takes in media and takes in information because she's talking about like starting out her career in print journalism as a as a as a as a writer <laughs> and then kind of transitioning into a columnist and someone that people look to you to either hate or love based on your opinion and then seeing her kind of elevate at ESPN and all of these different platforms as a sister with an opinion. And like you said, she didn't really have to change her persona. You know, she was always kind of Detroit versus everybody. She was always unapologetically black, unapologetically a woman, unapologetically a tomboy. So I could see it as a viewer, but to kind of hear her mind and understand her thought process, whether it was the Donald Trump tweet whether it was uh, uh, altercations she had with like pretty prominent media personalities in her industry within her organization. I could appreciate the struggle game and maybe it's a memoir because her childhood probably had more impact on her than some of the challenges that she's had as a professional. I don't know. I don't, I haven't talked to her, but for some reason, I just feel like her story and her ending isn't quite done. And so this concept of a memoir, I'm just like, ah, is it too early? Because I, I granted, 45, 45 pretty much put the stamp on your influence when he responded to a tweet that you made that, in my opinion, was accurate. But you, you got called out for it. And then she, her whole kind of career and pathway changed up and she kind of have has been more independent but she has a chapter in the book um that's entitled um selling selling tapes out the trunk of your car and so like that concept of you know music fans you know all your all your your best independent artists whether it was rap a lot records no limit rockefeller uh cash money all started with like this independent street and she's attached and affiliated with like the world's largest Shit, she attached to Disney, man. Let's be real. ABC, ESPN, she attached to the mothership of making bread and media. And then to walk away from it because I think part of it was you're tired of being singled out and marginalized, but then you also have this powerful voice. So you could kind of say what you want to say and you okay with dealing with the blowback. I just think, you know, at I'm 42. She's got, she might be 47, 48. 
I just felt like it was another chapter as part of her career that hasn't been written yet that if she had, if she had held on to the memoir a little longer, I think it probably would have had more power. That's what I got from the book. But, you know, I, I understood and I think it was cathargic for me reading it because I understood like, damn, yo, once again, life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. And the things that happen in your childhood and you experience and you receive it, you either, it either makes or breaks you. In yeah. her case, in her case, all of her experiences, it made her. It really, it, it, it made, it, it made her. I, and I'm just, I'm just impressed by the fact that Amada is like, yo, she made it to the point where she could even do a memoir. Cause some of the stuff that she wrote about in her book, that's, that shit hurt me listening. So I, I actually uh, purchased a copy on this, this run because I was getting tired of just the audios in general. And I said, let me, let me, let me buy one of these and actually go through it. Um, I think there was a lot going on in the beginning of this book. I would not have chosen, obviously I'm not the author, but to star in such, because it didn't, it, it didn't specifically start about her. It's, it's, it talked more about her experience and what she had grew up around. One of the things I wanted to just talk about briefly is when you talk about like, you know, memoir, she's still young. I agree. But I do feel like this day and age, I find that a lot of more people are doing these memoirs at like 40s, 30s. Hell, Lil Baby had a life, the life of Lil Baby, I think on like Amazon Prime. This man, what, he in his early 30s or, or, or 20s? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like, you you bear, you just graduated high school. You know what I mean? Like this life and time. So I'm saying that to say, I do agree that, you know, I think we're used to memoirs being written later in life, but there is this wave of people now writing these memoirs earlier. So maybe she will do a, a part two at some point, but I do think that she had a story to tell. In the beginning of this book, you know, in the words of Ronald, it, it was heavy. It was heavy. Um, heavy. Just like you said, like no child wants to grow up hard, you know, feeling like you have to be the parent, feeling like you don't have anyone that you can go to and count on, not knowing like where you're going to be living, moving from house to house, like no child kind of wants that. And even though I guess my understanding or my just uh, knowing of Jamel has only been on like ESPN. So I knew nothing about her like upbringing. So all of this stuff was like fresh information to me, her being from Detroit, which makes sense in terms of her, her personality, you know, didn't know that she went to Michigan state. Um, really her starting to get into journalism was more around her needing an outlet. She didn't feel like she can go to her mom. Her mom was like battling with drugs. She didn't feel like she can go to her grandmother who played um, a, a very key role in her life because she felt like her grandmother would use that information against her mom. She was the only child. Uh, she had, you know, stepbrother, stepsister, but it wasn't in a traditional format. 
Um, she did have, you know, pivotal uh, teachers growing up, but I don't think those relationships were, well, put it like this. It's also certain stuff you just can't tell your teacher. <laughs> so she found like journaling and leading her to, you know, being like a writer, or a author, something like in her uh, wheelhouse. But a lot of things that talked about early on in the book, it was so much for just a child to go through, let alone like a black child to go through and to see that she was able to, like you said, kind of like take those experiences and use them to her good. Like this is a, this is a, this, this story is a win. And I always like to hear about people who win, who come from these, like these situations, you know, it's great for somebody to come to two parent household, you know, maybe went to private school. Your parents always came to your games. They put you in every sport, played three sports a year. Your mom helped you out with your homework. Your dad taught you how to use a hammer. All of that's great. But when you come, when you have a child who has came from everything that's broken, who has literally grew up living, like their bedroom was the living room area, who has essentially almost at times been like raped. Like that's just, that's a lot. And you like to hear like these stories of, look, there is success on the other side of the hill. And and cousin Jeff, the ill thing about what you said, you only got into a third of her story. Right. You ain't even get into the drug abuse, the, the drug abuse of her mother, uh, the, the drug abuse of her stepfather, the drug abuse of her father, the alcohol abuse of her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, it, I mean, in the book, like you said, I say I say the first half of the book, it was some heavy stuff that she was just, and and I, I, I knew it was validity to it because of the way that she talked about it. Yep. Because it was, like she said, she talked about all of the scenarios and situations and the different men that her mother had dealt with and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she talked about it almost as in like a, as a matter of fact kind of tone and it's like damn like that's 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 acceptance almost like yo this it is what it is it's nothing to be ashamed about but you know this is this is how I was made you know and almost to the point where it's a it's a segment in the book where she talks about her mom's cleaning his house for this elderly elderly dude and the elderly dude kind of propositions the mom to like yo Let's, you you get you provide me services. I provide you services. Mm-hmm. Mom is down, but it's through this it's through this connection and a mad fucked up sense of sense, yes. of, sense of like security or sense of protection or however the, however the hell you want to envision it. But that's how she comes to read newspapers. Yep, and the dude house that her mom was cleaning had newspapers that she picked up and read the sports section with the dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the joint, the joint, the joint messed me up a little bit, man. Like I had to, I had to, I had to take a pause after certain stories that she told because it was just so overwhelming for me. Cause it's like, damn, yo, go, go back to what, how I started. Yo, life is a shorty. Shouldn't be so rough, man. Especially when you have this gift and this life and this sense of purpose and God willing, like she said in the book, many times God had his hand on her mm-hmm. because it was situations. If it was rape, if, if it was racism, if it was 
uh, the drugs that went rampant through her household. Like, yo, it, her story could have been different. Absolutely. I, um, I agree to everything that has been said. I, I had the audible, um, and as I was listening to it, like I said, damn, a few times, like, each time she would bring up a new character's name, I was like, damn. And then, like, the story behind this person. There was a few people, I got tired of hearing their name because I knew what was coming after her mentioning the name. And I'm like, this shit is heavy. Um, I could appreciate the transparency and the vulnerability this took a lot of strength to share so many dark aspects of one's life. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is I know this isn't a totality. No. And I think that was the part that like literally, I literally sighed and exhaled throughout the whole entire book because one it was it was a it was a lot to hear but then like something clicked and was like yeah you're it you're taking a taking some time where it's taking you back in terms of processing imagine what it was to experience this and i could change the speed of the audible but she couldn't change the speed of the story mm-hmm. and so it put a whole lot of it, it put a whole lot into perspective for me as I continued to read this. And I just kept thinking about Tupac's a rose that grew from concrete. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> it was a lot. There was, it was comical in some senses. Um, but you know, black people, we have, we have this, this gift to find humor, even in the darkest point of the day to get us through the darkest point of the day. And so I think it was well balanced in terms of storytelling, uh, opinion, reaction and responses, and then the comedic relief. Cause I think she knew that, Oh, I'm giving, I'm giving the readers a lot. Um, so it was a good balance. Definitely appreciating just the narrative of shit, her story and just trying to figure out who the hell she is. Navigate. Yeah. Right. And then navigating all of the trauma from family. Um, and then making the conscious decision to not have the trauma be transferred through her. Um, Mm -hmm her dating and relationship stories. I'm just like, man, that's nine years here, 10 years here. And then I was like, okay. And what I will say is like, she never settled. She knew what it was. I think when we think about the uphill journey, I think she came to a plateau and everything was level for a little bit. And then when it was like, all right, I got strength to climb. Let me, keep going uphill. And so um, I've, I'm very appreciative of this literary work of art. Um, 
I wouldn't say that I that it was too early. I think that the next one that she writes, because there has to be a part two. There has gotta, to be. It's, it's, it's got to be something extra. I just like I don't. I, I didn't get the feeling, brother Jay, that she was done yet. Yeah. Um. I think. I think the next one that she writes, or the the next memoir that is released, um, I think that would be more. More so along the lines of a re- of a reflective piece, um, because this was a build up, right? This was mm-hmm. it took us uphill, and I think this one, the the last one that she does, um, would definitely. Let me not say it that way. What I will say is this one has this one, I think, primed us for the work of art that she's going to produce that will provide a whole lot of reflection of, as the old folks say, how I got over. Like, I think it will all start to make sense why things happened the way they did and who she met along the way and the lessons that she learned. Like, I remember um, as she was telling the, the pregnancy story, I said, ooh, this is heavy. And she goes, she made the decision for herself. And I I loved how she said, you know, there was guilt because she wasn't thinking of anybody but herself, right? Like she goes, I got the money, I got the support system in a relationship, not quite sure the way that's going to go, but like I, I technically could do this if I wanted to, but I don't have a desire to do this. And I think, I think that's commendable standing 10 toes down on what, what it is that you, you want and you do not want and not allowing anyone from the outside to influence what happens on the inside. Um, and so, appearing to not having regret about mm-hmm. that. Cause mm-hmm. I, I find that a lot of people or a lot of women make that choice, mm. but it's followed <laughs> by regret. And it's mm-hmm. like right after and it appears in the book like she had a clear mind when she made that decision and like she is okay with the decision that she made. Yeah. And it was one of the first, the, the very few times in the book where um, she didn't have any any regret around that particular situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there was regret when her stepfather passed away and her understand having you know kind of developing empathy mm-hmm. that was this that was this kind of tug and pull and this con- ongoing conflict with her mother right and it was this tugging con this this tug and pull and this conflict with different associates at work there was this tug and pull and this conflict with her father or her grandmother and it's like all of these different relationships but when it came to a point where she had to make a conscious decision for herself and her own well-being it was clear but i i think her seeing and being exposed to so so many so many wild so many wild stories and experiences when you in a battle like that it gives you a sense of calm and a sense of focus when you understand you know you you're in a situation where you got to make some decisions that's going to impact your life mm-hmm. for the good or the negative once you once i, I don't I, I think it's it's part of it is muscle memory like the survival muscle memory that you have mm-hmm. but i also think part of it is like yo i've gone through so much b- bullshit that 
when it's time for me to make decisions that's going to be in, in my best welfare moving forward, I don't I don't earn my stripes to be able to make a decision accordingly, regardless of whose opinion it is. There's a sense of strength in it. Yeah. Yeah. So on the black power fist scale, what say ye? Mm. Well, for me, man, I think I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the joint four four and a half. I'm gonna give it four and a half fists because I just I I just think it's uh it's a great American story. Real rap, you know, however you want to slice it, uh, to come up in an environment that she came up in, around the circumstances by which she came up in. And to kind of find something that you're good at and have people around you to support you, despite your circumstances, despite your environment, and you have this internal North Star that keeps you disciplined, that keeps you dedicated, that keeps you focused to the point where you're a Black woman and you sign a deal with ESPN that makes you a millionaire like you're you're black woman from the west side of detroit drug abuse uh, drug abusive mother father stepfather family structure is all out of whack And you understand that it's some kind of connection with you in the spiritual realm where you you know that God kept his hand on you because because God was in the room when you was about to get raped. God was in the room when people forced you to take certain internships that you weren't comfortable doing. God was in the room when um, it was time for you to really make decisions that were going to impact your life long term. And you had to make a lot of these decisions when you were relatively young, for real, for real. Like I say, she's only 47, 48, maybe. And the fact of the matter is that, Ronald, you said it earlier. You feel as if she hit a plateau. And I I, I picked up on that. Like, yo, ESPN was her plateau. It wasn't, it wasn't her pinnacle. It wasn't the top of the mountain. Yeah. Even though you come from where you come from and you, and you eventually turn that into a multi-million dollar deal in terms of her ability to just pers- continue to persevere and you might you sign a multi-million dollar deal and you get a seven figure signing bonus and that's your first time you's like yo that's the first time I done made some real money what most of us gonna do we made it that ain't the beginning that's the end but I still think like that was the beginning because she 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 became more high profile at ESPN and then that's when all the bullshit started. She had already been through bullshit in her personal life, but in terms of the professional bullshit, the minute the minute she was acknowledged and recognized as being great and excellent and her paper was associated with it, that's when the shit started. So to me, I, I do think like, there's a there's a gift in understanding the differences of, of what success looks like 
of, of us as individuals. And she might've felt that she was successful, but she still ended up leaving ESPN to go do her own thing. Now she's writing a memoir. That was nothing but a, a stepping stone and an uncompromised a, a and, and soiled environment, if you will. But yeah, man, I just appreciate her transparency. I appreciate her grind. I appreciate her journey. And I really do think it's a uh, it's a great story that Pete that as as if you're a young black woman, you probably need to know who Jamel Hill is. If you're a young black man, you probably need to know who Jamel Hill is and understand her journey, um, because I just think her story resonates across regions, across interests, across. Uh, I mean, hell, I probably wouldn't have read the book unless cousin Jeff suggested the joint. For real, but I but I got a lot out of it though. So I'm gonna give this book a four and a half um, fist as well. <laughs> Don't do this. I, was, I ain't doing nothing. You made the, you you said it. I wasn't even talking about. I was talking about Ronald and the face he was making. See, I wasn't. Even, oh, you said four and a half. That's out of your. Uh, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> the books what they deserve maybe some of the books they just didn't deserve certain ratings but after reading this book I really think that Jamel Hill is a national treasure and obviously I feel like some of her best work isn't even done yet she's done some great things but when you just look at everything that she had to overcome to get to where she's at I feel like it, it makes it makes her story just even better. Even when I think about like how she, you know, talks about sports, the way that she does it, the way that she goes back and forth, and where I can see where that comes from, it I don't know. It just it makes it that more, I guess, powerful for me. I think this book was you know easy to digest and it was clear. Um, I also think that this book kind of showed you how she comes to certain conclusions and how she developed her own consciousness. So when we talk about like, you know, her, her views on like religion, how she kind of got to that, her uh, probably uh, views on um, relationships more specifically, like, you know, uh, probably marriage, <laughs> um, her, her views on education, her views on um, access, um, uh, you see where all these things come from by like reading uh, this book. And even though, you know, this book isn't heavy about like sports, it, it talks about sports. Obviously she's a sports writer. She's always written about sports, but this book is more, more than sports. You know, it, it, it covers kind of the things that I talked about before. It just covers uh, just being diligent, being vulnerable, um, going after what you want not accepting just like anything. It, it covers so many different things that a person who isn't a journalist, you still can get so much from uh, this book. Also too, <laughs> this book had its share of uh, family dynamics and just toxic, toxicness that goes on within it. Facts. You Facts. can even see how someone who grew up in this scenario goes the opposite. Like they gravitate to what they know, you know, like you not only 
you're not in an idea, you're not in an ideal um, kind of like household, but even the environment that you're in, so your neighborhood, the people who are around like your family, like you just, there is not one good thing <laughs> for you to kind of pull from. And, and again, I'm not saying there was no good in people. I'm saying it was so much bad around you. I don't think nobody would have been mad at you if you did bad because it was it was so much of it around. So th- this book covers just a lot of that. And, and one thing that's kind of, I don't know, it kind of sucks that it's not it's not new. Like this story isn't like, what? This happened in black households? It's just like- it, Nothing was surprising that was said in the book. But I, I'm just like, damn- over and over and over again like yo that's that if anything that it just made me sad because i i've heard those stories before and not only have we heard them but most of us have lived through them yeah you probably just didn't have all of the the dynamics that she had at but the, at the same time yeah the other thing too i thought was interesting because I, i've never seen someone like write or communicate it this way so obviously, you know, her grandmother, uh, college graduate, um, you know, owned her own home. Shout out to Wayne State. Hey. Owned, her, owned her own home, um, went to church. She was very vigilant about going to church. But like her grandmother was a functioning alcoholic. Like her grandmother had a drink every day. And, you know, when we think about if if you are a churchgoer, when you think about, you know, the mother of the church, or you think about the deaconess, it won't even cross your mind that one of them drink heavy liquor on a daily basis. And f- for her to, for her to be that vulnerable about her own grandmother, I thought that was big because I don't know if I can do that about my own grandma. Like, I'm just going to leave that information with me and whoever know about it like that's great but also too in that same regard you know all that love her grandmother had for her it just appeared that she kind of lacked um that with her own daughter so it, it was just a lot of family stuff in there again that was very real and um things that go on on a daily basis but with that being said, I, I think this is a great read. I definitely would recommend it to someone who, you know, want to read something that's easy to read, but also something that's going to keep you kind of turning pages to figure out like, oh, well, what's what's going on next? What is she going to endure in this next chapter? I, um, I really wanted to give her a five. And I think the thing that prevented me from giving her a full five was the, there were some chapters where I was like, okay, it, this is dragging on. Or it's like, where is this going? Um, but outside of that, echoing everything you said, the rose that grew from concrete. Um, national treasure. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And the path that she's blazing for others to follow. That's what I'm excited about. Like she didn't do this stuff for her. It's unfortunate that she had to be 
chosen to go through all of this stuff so that others that are coming behind her won't necessarily have to endure a lot of this stuff. And you, we hear about this within the black community. Somebody got to be the first one. Right. In the Greeks, we say, yo, it's worse being first, but it's hell being the tail. And so I, I appreciated her vulnerability, her transparency. And like I said, just giving us a glimpse of her journey thus far. And so I am going to give her a four and a half as well, which rounds out to a four and a half across the board on the black power fist scale. There you have it, man. Cousin Jeff actually finally agreeing with logic and reason these days, man. It only took us, how long we've been doing bourbon and books, brother Jay? Two years. Two years. Only took us two years to get to this point. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Is he frozen? I think look, he's look, frozen. Look, 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 he, look, look, he, he actually agreed with us and then he froze and that's how he going to exit the premises tonight. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> well, as, as Cousin Jeff works out his Boost Mobile, um, <laughs> there, you, there you have it, folks. Uh, Jamel Hill, uh, Uphill, a memoir. Gets and receives four and a half fists on the black power fist side. I'm, I sound slow and I'm acting slow right now because Brother Jay is over here messing with the backgrounds and stuff and just putting us up in some, look, looks like it, it's a it's a new, it's a new uh, beta test. It was an accident. Uh, that, <laughs> that we gonna try out or we could try out next go round. It was, it was an accident. I, I went to click something to see if Jeff was frozen and then uh, I was like, oh. Yeah, we on different screens now, man. Like, like wall, like uh, portraits. I saw your face, and I was like, "Yep, everybody can see this." <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. But as I, as I, as I said, um, uphill a memoir by Mrs. Jamil Hill. Um, four and a half fists on the Black Power Fist Bourbon and Books reading scale. Um, we definitely recommend that if you don't know who Jamel Hill is, go out and research. I'm pretty sure you will find her story compelling. Check out the book. Um, and until next time, man, we're going to come back with you next month with a, a, a nice, uh, informative selection that hopefully caters to your uh, interests and your needs. On that note, you've just witnessed Bourbon and Books on another edition of the Game Recognized Game podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEV, that's RLJ. And Cousin Jeff still working out his Boost Mobile. But until next time, you all keep reading and be light. Be light. <laughs>